21 days of prayer. God defend New Zealand and let us not settle. Let us not settle. In fact, I love to share the story about settling, and it's one of my favorite stories, and I love to share it in church, and you may be familiar with this story, but it's a story where, where I went and I did a walk. I did a walk up Mount Doom. You guys know Mount Doom? You guys done that walk? Um, in fact, I've got another name for it. It's, it's also called the Walk of Death. The Walk of Death. You may know it as the, the, as the walk up the pinnacles in the Coromandel. Uh, for me, it's the Walk of Death. And, and honestly, years and years ago, um, Porto said to me, Ants, on your day off, you, the men are doing a walk up the pinnacles. You should go. You'll have fun. You'll have a good time. You get to meet people. And um, to give you an idea what the pinnacles is like, if you've never walked up there, if you ever walked up the Hakarimatas or the, the, or, you know, the Hucks, it's kind of like walking up the Hucks but a hundred times in one go. That's the pinnacles. That's the walk of death. That's Mount Doom. And uh, it's four hours up and four hours down the, um, and on the way back. And I, I was struggling. Every step I was struggling and I was. And, I, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm kind of, a, I love to uh, encourage people and maybe I might talk and I might be talkative. Um, but when I'm walking up this, 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 um, the walk of death, I wasn't talking at all. Every breath I was conserving, conserving. Anyway, we, and so this is what the pinnacles look like. Um, this is the mountain that we walked up. And I was struggling every single step. And, I, and every step I thought of my wife. You'll have fun, she said. You'll have a great time, she said. That's what I was thinking the whole time for four hours up and four, for four hours down, right? Anyway, we got to the dock hut, which is just before the summit. It's, the, it's this big hut just before the final climb. And there are a series of steps. They're kind of like, you know, they're up like this, and they're, they're honestly very steep steps. And then you get to a bit of mountain, there's little um, metal things you can, and you climb the rest of the way up. Anyway, so our group, we set off to the final the final climb up the mountain. And so I got to the first step. And I was like, okay, let's go. I can do this, Ants. And I took one step. And then, bang, oh, cramp. My legs cramped up. I was in, in pain. I was in agony. I took another step, cramped in the other leg, and I was in extreme pain. And you ever felt pain so badly? It paralyzes you. I was in so much pain, and I couldn't walk up the flight of stairs, so I stayed at the dock hut, and I told the guys, you guys go up, and I settled. I settled at the dock hut because it got too painful. Now, what even made it a bit more embarrassing is that I was the youngest one in the group. Most of these men were 20 years my senior. I was in my 30s, my early 30s. These guys were in their uh, 50s and 60s and, and some of the late 40s, and I couldn't make it up there. I failed. I settled. Because it got too hard, it got too difficult. And in your life right now, you have two options. You have two options. We can choose to go after more, or we can choose to settle. We can choose to settle. See, the problem is that in our lives, we would rather settle than to pursue the big expense of life that God wants for us. We do that too often because it's hard, hard work to be a mountain climber. It's really hard. I know that firsthand. I failed. It's hard work being a mountain climber. It's hard work to pursue your dreams. It really is. It's much easier, easier to settle and to give up. You will never reach your mountaintop if you quit. I know that firsthand. 
You'll never reach your mountaintop if you quit and give up. And we do this in our lives, don't we? You know, in our careers, things get uncomfortable. So we settle in our careers. We don't push any further. We, we settle in our walk with God because things get uncomfortable, things get hard, and, and we settle or we quit, we give up. We do that in our church. You know, we go thus far, I'm not going any further. This is as far as I get. Or even we quit and we give up. We settle. We settle. But God has much more for you. He has much more for your life. But instead, we quite often we choose to settle. Don't ever settle for an average marriage. Don't ever settle for an average life, but pursue the best marriage possible. Pursue the best life possible. Begin to step out and begin to, to walk in the, in, in the purposes that God has for your life. It's, so today, we're going to be exploring one of the most powerful prayers in the Old Testament. Last week, we, we explored one of the most powerful prayers you'll ever pray, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, we, 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 um, we explored that. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to listen back. Honestly, um, this, the Lord's Prayer will radically change your life. And so today we're going to be praying one of the most powerful prayers in the Old Testament. And it's called the Prayer of Jabez. Jabez Prayer. What's really interesting about the Prayer of Jabez, you find the, where you find this prayer in the Bible, you, you, you'll find it in one of the most um, least most least read books in the entire Bible, First Chronicles. Anybody love reading First Chronicles? Good reading, First Chronicles. In fact, you'll, you'll find it in one of the least mo, um, um, most read passages in First Chronicles. Did you know that the first nine chapters, does everybody say nine? The first nine chapters of First Chronicles is a genealogy. Who loves reading genealogies? Nine chapters worth of genealogies, honestly, the first nine chapters of First Chronicles. If you like, when I first read First Chronicles, you know what I did? I skipped nine chapters and I went straight into the story. First Chronicles, right? Nine chapters. And what's really interesting is smack bang in the middle of of these the nine chapter long um, genealogy is the prayer of Jabez. There's something about Jabez that 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 got the attention of the historians as they were, as they began to pen this genealogy, something about him that not only was his name mentioned, but the prayer he prayed was recorded as well. And all we know about Jabez is found in these two verses. It just kind of break, it just breaks out of this, out of the genealogy. It's like the genealogy is interrupted because of this prayer. And it's one of the most powerful prayers that you can read. So let us read this prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. And it reads, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Anybody here more honorable than your brother? No. <laughs> Hope your brother isn't sitting in here. Anyway. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, and this is Jabez's prayer, one of the most powerful prayers in the Old Testament. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me and that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And I love what happens next. So God granted him what he requested. So what do we know about Jabez? 
What we know about him is that his life didn't start out, out well. His name literally means pain or will cause pain. Can you imagine if you were called pain, if that was your name? Like, oh, here comes pain. You know, no, nobody wants to play with him because he always brings the pain. Oh, will cause pain. You know, and can you even imagine his mum, whenever she calls him, it's a reminder to her that, that, that he caused pain for her when she gave birth to him. What a way to start out. But he prayed a one-sentence prayer that had, had an incredible effect afterwards. Incredible, just one short prayer. And as we last week, we studied, we, we studied and we looked at the Lord's Prayer as taught by Jesus. What did Jesus teach about prayer? He had a criteria for prayer. Two criteria, really. Number one, it's personal. And number two, it's short. And the prayer of Jabez fits Jesus' criteria. It's very short. It's one sentence. It's shorter than the Lord's Prayer. Lord, the Lord's Prayer takes 21 seconds to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Jabez takes about less than 10 seconds to pray, very quick. And it's very personal. What's really interesting is that, that when Jabez begins to pray, he prays a bold prayer. Straight out the bat, he goes, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. It's like he's praying in the boldest fashion ever. May you enlarge my territory. May you enlarge my reach. May you enlarge my capacity. May you enlarge my influence. The first thing he asks him is to bless him indeed. This word indeed is an intensifying word. It's like, may you bless me mightily. Not just may you just bless me. Bless me indeed. It's okay to pray prayers that are personal. It's okay to pray personal prayers. It's okay to pray prayers that seem selfish. It's okay to pray those prayers. He prayed it mightily. And what I love about this is that, is that, uh, is that he wasn't shy in asking. But too often, we don't ask. Isn't that true? We don't ask. We don't ask. We don't even have the big ask. I say the big ask, A-S-K. <laughs> we don't do the big ask. We don't. When Jesus taught the, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, he goes on into chapter 7 telling us how to pray. So he teaches us the prayer, then he goes on about how to go about prayer. And this is what he says in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be what? Given to you. What does that mean? It means if you ask, you'll receive. So that means if you don't ask, what happens if you don't ask? You won't receive. He says, ask and you'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You know, I really believe Jesus meant it. I really do. I think it's that simple. I think it's very, it's, I, think it's, it's, I don't think it's that complex. I think when, when Jesus says ask, he actually meant it. Because if you ask, you'll receive. If you don't ask, you won't receive. I think it's as simple as that. And I don't think it's complex. But what makes it complex is our response to it. Is our response to it. Because, because quite often, many of us, we, 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 we kind of hope and we kind of wish that we thought of prayer like that. Don't you? Don't you? Many of you who don't think like that, maybe think, well, man, I actually wish prayer was like that. Or, or maybe you used to think prayer was like that until reality happened. Because you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. You sought God, you seeked Him, but your prayer wasn't answered. And so now you don't pray. Now you settle. Well, you know, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. So you settle. Well, Jesus, if you say ask, how come I never received? 
And Jesus anticipates your reply. And so that's why he carries on. And he goes on into verse 9. And he says, Which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give them a stone? Anybody here? Or if he asks for fish, will give them a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus immediately brings this whole picture that prayer is about a relationship. Prayer is about a relationship. He's asking you to envision that God is not out to get you. God isn't. That God's posture to you is an eagerness to be in relationship with you. God is eager to be in relationship with you. And that God is eager to provide what is good. He's very eager. The big ask is based upon relationship. You know what, what um, at the moment, our grandchildren are living with us. And every time I get home, and I mean every time I get home, I open up my sliding door to walk in, and all of a sudden I hear the, the pitter-patter of feet like this. And all I hear is, Papa, Papa, Papa. And they run, and they're grabbing my legs, grabbing my leg, coming for big hugs, and they go, Papa, Papa. I love it, eh, because um, that doesn't happen with my kids. <laughs> Might be a bit awkward, you know, especially like when they're now all grown up. And anyway, <laughs> and I love that. But you know what's the second thing that happens? What they say next? This is literally what they, honestly, what they say next. They go, "Papa, Papa, I'm hungry," and they start rubbing their bellies. I'm hungry, and I'm like, "Where's your dad?" <laughs> no, no, no. But honestly, they like, "I'm hungry," and I just go to the kitchen and I make them sandwiches every time. Every time. Here's the thing. Even when I'm walking out of my room, I walk into the lounge and go, Papa, Papa. It's as if I've just come home. And they come, Papa, I'm hungry. It's like, man, you're always hungry. Always. They're always hungry. I'm hungry. And I go make them sandwiches. But here's the thing. There's never a thought in their mind that their Papa won't make them sandwiches. There's never a thought in their mind that their Papa won't give what they've asked for. And one of the reasons is because I always say yes. Maybe that's the problem. Because <laughs> I always say yes. But at the same time, Jesus is saying that God is not your personal genie. At the same time, he's saying that God is not your personal genie. He's not writing a blank check. Because it's about real relationship. That's the point of what Jesus is saying. This is why he brings out about the Father. It's about real relationship. And how many of us know here that, that a wise parent does not give everything that their children ask for? How, how many of us know that? that? A wise parent never gives everything they ask for. If my grandkids keep coming, Papa, Papa, I want lollies for dinner. I would say no. I would say no. And you, know what, you know what happens when you say no? All of a sudden, they turn on you. <laughs> they turn on you and they, they react and all of a sudden you're, you're like God's gift to them and now you're like the enemy like oh, Papa doesn't lo love us anymore Papa doesn't here's the thing am I, still, am I still acting in a loving way and a caring way for my grandchildren and the answer is yes by, by not giving everything they ask for I'm, I'm still loving them and I'm still very present with them 
I'm still very present, and I'm still involved in their lives. They cannot comprehend the, the ramifications of what they're asking for. If they have, have lollies every single night, they can't, they don't kind of comprehend that quite yet. And, and my way in loving them is, is, is based on relationship. And what Jesus is saying, yes, you may, you may receive and you may not. But it does not mean that God is not listening. That God loves you. And it's about relationship. But, God is, but Jesus is very serious about asking. He says, ask. Come on, ask. You ask and you will receive. If you don't ask, you won't receive. But ask. Ask. And that's exactly what Jabez does. He, he asks. He asks and he pushes forward and, and he goes on. But quite often we're not willing to ask or we're not willing to push on and keep asking is because of our weaknesses. Because seriously, when, when God answers my prayers, I remember praying the JB's prayer. I said, God, may you, increase my, uh, may, you, may, may you increase my responsibility. May you increase, uh, increase my, my, my reach for the kingdom of God. And then you know what happened? We became senior pastors. Then all of a sudden, I felt very inadequate felt very inadequate. And at that moment, I knew that God, you've increased my territory, but I'm not going to move unless you are with me, unless your hand is upon me. I will not move unless you're with me. And sometimes we're afraid to ask the big ask. May you increase my influence. May you increase my capacity in business. May you increase all the, because then we, because oh, well, actually, well, but, uh, I only can manage what's comfortable, but I don't want to be uncomfortable. Notice that Jabez never asked in the beginning, may, you, may your hand be with me. He asked first, bless me indeed. But once God began extending his territory, expanding his influence, then he said, Lord, but may your hand be with me. I can't do this without you. And when, when God began to grant, 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 for all, all those in America, I'll say that for you. If you had to grant Australian, grant. I love Australians, they're great. Especially when we beat them. But anyway, sorry. And we don't want to push forth and we don't want to, and we settle. And we settle for less. And there's a story in, in, in Genesis. Of, I want us to quickly go there. Genesis chapter 11, about a father who settled for less because he got stuck. We all get stuck. And in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31, it reads like this. And Terah took his son Abram. And Abram goes on to become Abraham. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran. And his daughter-in-law Sarai, who later becomes Sarah, the wife of his, of his son Abram. And together they set, set up from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there that, Terah lived 205 years and then he died in Haran. Terah had a vision. He had a vision to extend his territory. And what, what we don't, in the previous chapter, we read that, that Terah's son, Haran, died. But he continues to step forth and he continues to head, head forth and to step out and he takes his family with him. But along the way, he falls short and he doesn't step into his destiny. Because from between Ur, where he came from, and Canaan, there's a city that's named that had the same name as his dead son. So he came to the place that reminded him of his dead son. 
They reminded him of his relational wound and he got stuck and he settled there. And here's, and here's a very powerful truth. Where you settle is most often where you die. Where you settle is most often where you die. See, there are people here who have settled. You have settled within your relational wound. You're stuck in the call of God because as you were going, something hurt you or someone disappointed you and you couldn't process it. So you stayed there. You got stuck and you settled there. You can't stay in your relational wound. You can't stay in in that place that hurts so bad. You need to get out of that place and go to the place that God is calling you. Don't settle in your marriage while there's no affection anymore. See, I've seen too many marriages failed because they settled. Well, that's just the way it is. Lord, may you increase my capacity to love my wife like she's never been loved before. May you increase my capacity to love my husband like I've never loved them before. Never settle. Because quite often where you settle is where you die. I've seen too many marriages die. I've seen too many people give up the ministry because they settled. I've seen too many people give up their their business adventures, their their education because they settled. Because where you settle is most often where you die. Lord, enlarge the territory of my marriage. Enlarge the territory of my business. Enlarge the territory of my education, my capacity as a parent. Because where you settle is where you die. So Jabez continues to pray. And he goes, and that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Remember what his name means? His name means will cause pain. And Jabez said, I will, I will not allow my past to become my future and my legacy. My past does not equal my future. Now terror settled because his past became his future. Jabez refused. He said, my name may mean will cause pain, but I refuse to let that determine my future. And he goes on to pray, oh, that you will bless me indeed. May you enlarge my territory. May you enlarge my capacity. May you enlarge my reach so I can begin to share the gospel of Jesus in my businesses, in my places of education, in my place of work. Lord, may you increase my influence so I can be a man or a woman of God. Lord, may you be, may your hand be with me. I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. May you keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. My, my past does not equal my future. I will not settle in my relational wound, but I'm going to get up and keep moving forward. Don't ever settle. We need to be like Jabez. Because the reality is that God has much more for us. Don't settle where you are, but believe God and ask that God will expand your territory, expand your influence, expand your reach. Begin to ask God for more. See, I want to challenge every single one of us to begin to ask God to expand your territory. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God will always go beyond what we ask and imagine. See, when Jesus taught his followers how to pray, what he's saying is that your prayers actually matter. Do you know that? 
your prayers actually matter. So ask. Your requests matter. So ask. Your choices matter. They're real decisions. But I, I, I think that many of us don't actually believe it. Ask yourself this question. Do you really believe that God will want His kingdom purpose to happen through you and your prayers? Did you hear that? Do you really believe that God will want His kingdom purposes to happen through you and your prayers? And if you believe that, we need to be praying a lot more. Where you settle is most often where you die. And and I really want to end where I started, and it was the walk up Mount Doom. (laughs) A few years later, the men's group decided to go for this walk again. Crazy. I know, it's crazy. This time, they invited the ladies to come along as well. Now I thought to myself, great. Not only are are 20, these guys are a lot older than me going to succeed, now I'm going to be beaten by a woman as well. Great, you know, not not that that, that, that matters. Please, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Be careful what I say. Okay. In my mind, I was thinking, yeah. And so anyway, there's a picture of me. Here's a picture of me um, getting ready. Uh, As you can see, I I look at that photo. There I am. Behind me is Owen Brown. He's trying to look for a way to get around me. <laughs> this guy's slowing me down. You can notice, do you notice I'm not wearing any bags? Because even though I'm not, it wasn't fitter, I was smarter. So I brought, with, I brought with me some young guys, and here's a picture of some young guys. Here they are. You notice them wearing bags. They're carrying all my stuff. They're carrying my food. I'm smarter. Okay. Now, the, the, the two on this side, these are my, these are my sons. Hanses, there's Hanson, the, I don't know if you recognize Hans. Hanson now leads our Oxygen Youth. They've, they're married, his wife um, looks after Sparks, and they've got a beautiful daughter. Price on the end, it's his two kids who keep running to me. Go, Papa, I'm hungry. Where's your dad? No, no. I love it. I, I honestly do love it. And uh, they carried our stuff. So we got to the hut, and it's now the final, the final walk. And I'm beginning, okay, I can do this. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to make it to the top. I'm going to see what's on the other side. So I go, and I go, okay, look, I can do this. Answer. I'm not wearing a bag. The boys have got it. It's all good. I'm fine. Going through the motions. I take the first step. Bang! Cramp in my leg. I was like, no. Then I take another step. Cramp in my leg. And I was in pain again. It took me back. And I was like, no, this is not going to happen. And, I was, and now I was on my knees, and, and I was on my knees like this. And I literally was going like this, no, this is not going to beat me. This is not going to stop me. And I began to crawl. And I literally was crawling up the stairs, and I was crawling hands. And I was dragging my body up. I said, I'm going to make it up this mountain. Nothing's going to stop me. Right now, my body is telling me to give up the pain. I'm in a pain, I'm in a wound right now, and it's telling me to give up, but I'm not going to settle on this pain. I begin to climb, and I begin to climb, and as I'm making my way up, and I'm seeing each step, and as I get to the final bit of step before the next lot, I see these two shoes, and I look up, and it's connected to a body, and it's Peter McGregor, who's, who's, his wife is part of the eldership. He's looking down at me like this, he goes, you okay, Ants? And just like that, as if I got a second win, and I, I stood up. And I continued on, and here's a picture of me at the top. There I am. There I am. I made it to the top. Uh, let's have a, this is what it looks like on the view. Go ahead and show the last photo. This is the view. 
Uh, not that view, <laughs> the other view. Look at the view. That's what it looks like at the top. Here we are. These are the guys that beat me the, um, the last time. They still beat me. But check out the view. I never saw that. I never saw that. But you know what? There's a view that God wants to show you. But for too many of us, we've settled. We've settled in a relational wound. And we won't move forward. We won't move forward in a relationship. We won't move forward in a call of God, that God's got a call over your life. And we got stuck. Because someone disappointed you. Something hurt you. So we got stuck. But there's a view that God wants to show you. Will you step into your purpose? Will you push through your relational wound? May you ask. May you receive. And may you begin to see what it looks like on the other side. Come on, church, let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we are not alone, that you are with us. Right now, Lord, I want to pray for everybody in this room, Lord, who who feel kind of stuck. There's, There's this relational wound that's stopping them from moving forward. And Father, in the name of Jesus, whether that's forgiveness, whether that's healing, Father, I begin, may you begin to speak life. May we be people who continue to step forward, not settle, but keep pushing forward. Lord, may you bless us indeed. May you enlarge our territory. May you enlarge our influence. Father God, may you enlarge our reach with the gospel of Jesus. Lord, may your hand be with us. We're not going unless you're with us, Lord. May your hand be with us. And may you keep us from evil and causing us to be people of pain. Father, we're not being stuck in a relational wound. Our past does not equal our future. Lord, we're stepping into our purposes. We're stepping in all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come and give the Lord a hand wherever you are.